You're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. Today, I got a great guest here. I have Craig Williams. Craig, please tell us who you are, what you do, what's your problem? <laughs> well, my, yeah, my name's Craig Williams. I'm a group product engineering lead um, at Esri, working in software products, and I primarily work on ArcGIS Pro. Um, primarily in the in the area of mapping, although I have some responsibilities that go into to other areas. What's my problem? Um, well, prior to this call, I was uh, I was just working on some tests, and my code is broken, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll come back to it after after we talk here, and, and I can figure it all out, and it'll all work. I mean, that's but a great way to start happens. the week, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mondays or whatever day of the week you're starting on coding is is difficult. So, <laughs> so I mean, you work primarily on Pro, but you say that that's your primary one. What are the products you work on? Because I mostly know you from working on Pro stuff, desktop stuff. What else are you working on? Well, uh, we work on the core mapping engine that is used in ArcGIS Pro, but it's also used in ArcGIS Server. So that comes out through ArcGIS Enterprise. Okay. So we work with the enterprise team quite a bit. And then I also work on a few cross product teams, um, the web map team, where we yep. work on the web map specification that's shared between you know the JavaScript um, applications, uh, the, the native apps formerly known as ArcGIS Runtime and ArcGIS Pro. And I also work on the arcade team, which is another uh, cross product team where we we get together and work on the specification and how to how to move arcade forward with new functionality. Yeah, those are really interesting because I know the the arcade one when that started a while ago. There was a lot of back and forth on what it should do and the its purpose and everything like that. And then of course I. I like many others confuse the arcade name, like the origins of the arcade name, with that thinking it's like you know, oh, arcade cabinets and stuff. But no, no, it's an architectural name, right? Like the arches. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a there's a long story behind that, but we needed a working name for the, <laughs> the language that we were developing, and uh, part of the the dev team that's working on that is based in Cardiff, Wales, in the UK. And Cardiff is the city of arcades, <laughs> and these are these Victorian shopping um, shopping uh, areas where you can basically you're sort of outside, like it's they're not heated, but you're covered from the elements, which is important in the the Welsh rainy weather. And they're great. You, you go over there and you could just walk around and shop all day, and you're walking around these things. So uh, we wanted a name. It happened to have Arc in it, which people seem to <laughs> to enjoy, and it just kind of it kind of stuck. Oh, that's so, awesome. Uh, the the working name became the public name and, and we all love it. I think the stickiness of the name really it happened very quickly. Like the minute we gave it a name, everybody internally just started talking about it that way. Nice. And um then it then it just it's been around since then. <laughs> yeah, Arcade's fun, man. It's it's a blast. I remember doing um like working with the uh, Arc Map and stuff. Well, I mean, I guess way back when it was like Avenue and, and uh, Arc View, and then when you get to Arc Map, it was all VBScript, and that was universal because all the Microsoft stuff used VBScript, so it was kind of cool and stuff. But then, like, it was like, oh, I have to start doing some Python stuff now too, because we got ArcPy, so I can't just stick with my VBScript. I gotta do a little bit more 
and stuff in there. But the arcade stuff's really cool because now it's portable. It's like everywhere. I can take it from publish it in my maps and everything, my pop-ups and renderers and do all kinds of cool stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, people thought it was very unusual when we when we developed this language and they asked us lots of questions. You know, why why not just use Python? Why not just use JavaScript? And, um, you know, VBScript was, was popular on the desktop apps, but really a Microsoft specific, specific item. And, um, <clears throat> so VBScript was kind of out of the question. Uh, Python has a very large runtime um, associated with it. And, you know, there are ports to JavaScript and we could theoretically embed that with, with mobile applications, but it, it's so large and kind of un, untenable that it, it just wouldn't work out. And you can't pass JavaScript to a JavaScript application because that's a cross-site scripting vulnerability. So we needed a protected interpreter. And at that point, we started looking at the problems people were trying to solve and really domain specific language came in came into play because some of the functionality that that folks were asking for would require additional libraries anyway so um, we put together this specification for for arcade and and um, you know the working implementation and we have to implement it in more than one language so when you're when you're using arcade on the JavaScript-based applications in ArcGIS, you know, you're using a JavaScript implementation of Arcade. And when you're using it in Pro or a native app, you're using a C++ implementation of Arcade. And we build those with a shared set of tests so that we have uniformity between those, those, those engines. So the test suites get run, you know, they're stored in one repository and we just run them on both, both implementations to keep things in sync. And there's actually a Java implementation too that's used in our geo analytics apps, although that has a narrower set of um, profiles that it supports. That's cool. I mean, that just shows cool how how uh, you know portable it is and usable everywhere, which is which is a goal, right? So it works very nice. Yeah, we're really uh, you know excited about the the um, folks using Arcade. You know, we just had the user conference. And lots of people were solving their problems with arcade scripts. And then, you know, we have some work we're doing that's coming on the horizon that that's exciting as well. That's cool. Yeah, it's always cool to see like stuff that uh, Pro is doing and all the um, the work goes into it. And then eventually, like, you know, when people get used to doing stuff like that in Pro, they're like, hey, um, I want that in Map Viewer. I want to do that in my JavaScript application. Uh, a lot of that we saw with um, like chart symbols for a long time. Uh, you could that was the kind of thing you could do way back in ArcMap. You can have these uh, chart symbols and stuff. Couldn't really do them in the JavaScript API, but with sim symbols and stuff like that now. Um, and we have this like pi symbol and everything in uh, the JavaScript API. You can kind of you get that now, so it's really cool. And that had to be so things like that when they go from Pro into Something that could be used in uh, not just Map Viewer, but like in JavaScript applications and stuff. Go through this whole web map spec thing, right? And that's like the the godfather of it all. <laughs> yeah. So this the Sim specification started out actually before ArcGIS Pro, um, when we were doing uh, what what was known as optimized map services in the in the nine three one release of um, ArcGIS Server. 
and it was a declarative specification for how your maps and, and layers and, and symbols are part of that um, would, would come together. And really, we put that together based on the lessons we learned in the ArcMap days. Um, with ArcMap and ArcGlobe and ArcScene, we ended up awkwardly having three symbol models, depending on what context you were in. We had the traditional 2D symbols. We had a, a separate set of symbols for representations. And then the 3D world had a, another set of symbols. And we really wanted to unify all those and allow them to um, you know, coexist and, and work well together. And we did that with the, the SIM symbol specification. And that brings a lot of the really refined cartographic behavior of representations, but brings that to all data sources. So representations were limited to geodatabase data. Now you can apply those symbols to feature services. You can apply that to shape files. You can apply that to you know any any data source you can you can bring in. And then we were solving these problems, and the mobile applications wanted them. So they did the first implementation outside of ArcGIS Pro, and then we slowly worked on on implementing the symbols in JavaScript API. And that's really opened up the realm of, of what we can do in the web and allows us to share those symbols and have drawing similarities between Pro and, and the JavaScript API. And one big thing for uh, web developers is that, I mean, when you look at how you define like a sim symbol, it's like, it can get very long depending on the complexity of your symbol and everything you want to do. But they added this cool um, server endpoint where you can just upload an SVG and it'll spit out the sim symbol for you, which amazingly, you could add a very complex SVG to it. You'll get a very accurate, almost one-to-one -one sim symbol of that, right? I I've seen very minute instances where it doesn't look exactly like it, but they're rare, right? Like there's something weird going on with the SVG anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that, that service uses um, technology we use in ArcGIS Pro for importing SVGs. We have a documented list of what we support in SVG. The SVG spec is actually quite complex in itself. Like you could do full animations and other things in SVG. Um, we support a, a subset of that. I think it's SVG tiny 1.2 or, or something like that. The, the documentation uh, will list that. <laughs> and when we import the SVG, we're not drawing SVG directly. We actually import it into um, our own geometry format and our own uh, symbol and color specifications. And that allows us to do a few things. Um, one, it allows us to uh, color those um, polygons or lines uh, using our own native uh, color management model, which is important in ArcGIS Pro for color fidelity. But in the, in the web, there's another aspect of it, which is we don't draw raw SVG on the web in the JavaScript API anymore, we're drawing in hardware. So we take that symbol apart and, and decompose it into textures that we can draw in hardware um, you know, memory and get really fast, efficient drawing that's not hampered by um, a software rendering SVG stack in the browser. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, it's allowed developers to like really include some of these more complex symbols that they've been getting requested to support and stuff and they just they couldn't they had to do like png outputs somehow and get them in their web maps and 
it was just kind of a pain for a while because especially like military symbols military symbols get pretty complex and they're data-driven symbols and stuff so there's a lot of things you have to do there which is really nice and incredibly useful for devs <laughs> so yeah, it's I, very powerful my first four a and the pro was probably not long after i got got into esri around I don't know, 2015 or so and I, I was an old school arc mapper you know like i'm one of those that came out of arc info arc view arc map stuff and one of the great things that i really appreciate about pro from the start was the fact that I could have multiple layouts in a single project. That <laughs> is one thing I had for years been fighting in ArcMap because I'd have to do part of my task were creating uh, documents for like EPA documents and CEQA stuff or whatever. We had to do multiple maps with the same data and stuff. I just had like 20 different Supidemics Ds that were slightly different, but they needed different things in them. But having these multiple layouts in Pro to do stuff like that, that was really cool. That was a smart idea to get in there. And it's not just um, maps, but I can have a map and scene in the same project too, right? Yeah, so a lot of this goes back to, um, there's a, there's like an Esri historical story with respect to this. So uh, for those of you who used ArcView 3, if you uh, use that long ago, uh, that supported multiple layouts, and you could have more than one map, and it was a very flexible uh, setup for how you could configure your project. And then ArcMap, ArcScene, ArcGlobe, ArcCatalog, et cetera, came around, and, and they really used more of a you know, single document interface style application, where really the ArcMap MXD was based around the layout, and there was one layout and it was very engineered around one layout. Now you could have more than one map on that layout, more than one map frame, data frame, it was called in, in the ArcMap days. But um, really you were limited to that one layout because that's how the architecture was, was set out. And in the early days of ArcMap, we would hear from folks who are used to using ArcView 3 and say, hey, I really miss you know, multiple layouts, et cetera. So when we, went to design ArcGIS Pro, we really wanted to open the whole realm up. You can have as many maps, scenes, globes that you want in the project and as many layouts as you want in the project and, and really make it a container that could have you know, an endless number of these. So you could really do a project-based workflow. If your project requires zero layouts, that's fine. If your project requires you know, 100 layouts, that's fine. Um, you can manage that in your in your pro project. Now, a little a little uh, interesting connection back to the ArcView 3 aspect is that the ArcGIS Pro project is called an APRX, um, which was originally a working name for <laughs> the pro project and was a little bit of a, a nod to the APR, which was the ArcView project. So we just made it the APRX um, to, to give a little, little hint back to the inspiration i guess that's great it's nice to see the history in there <laughs> yeah now there used to be um all these different tools that would come with your installations for desktop and stuff like the mxc doctor right like you need the mxc doctor every now and then if something went wrong um i mean is there any need for that with pro stuff or is that kind of like built into when the pro starts up it can kind of fix things as need be yeah so the 
MXD Doctor was sort of tied back to the format that was used for storing um, the MXD documents, which was a um, structured storage format from from Microsoft uh, that was originally designed. I mean that that format goes goes way back, but it was designed for incremental saves on floppy disks and and things like that. But it was a convenient mechanism for storing documents in the Windows ecosystem because it was well built and well maintained by by Microsoft. We we really wanted to move away from that and move to a a more generic structure. Um, so the APRX is actually a zip file. Um, early versions of ArcGIS Pro had XML stored in there. Um, and since the 3.0 version, we've actually moved over to JSON in the internal storage of that. And we handle corruption cases at load time now. And there's a lot of um, what we would refer to as lazy loading. We're not trying to load all the contents of the project all at once. We'll load what we need to draw the maps and, and layers at the at the time we're loading it. Because if you have a project with 100 layouts in it, we don't want to load 100 layouts if you're only drawing one. So we'll do that repair on the load if, if need be. Now, that isn't to say there aren't cases that, that we still run into where there's there's corruption. And, and that comes with any case when you're storing any data to a file system. Like we, you could have something like the disk dies halfway through the save and, and you know, a, a big chunk of the file is missing or something like that. Um, but it's, it's really a different mechanism altogether from MXDs. So that the, the problem space is, is totally different and, and much more refined. Nice. That's sweet. Now there's been a, say an exodus, but it's been a push for a long time to get people to get to pro because since pro came out, everyone kind of knew that, okay, this is the next generation need to move on, get off of ArcMap, and ArcMap's actually coming to end of life um, soon, I believe, right? I mean, well, I guess relatively soon. <laughs> it goes into mature support in March of 2024, ArcMap does. And if you look at Pro, I mean, the first version of Pro shipped in January of 2015. That's eight years ago. Um, so it's it's been out quite a while uh now arguably in the early few versions there were some there was missing functionality you know we knew that we were building the the functionality set across versions um but i would say now is the time to to be moving if you haven't moved already or start planning your move very soon um to make that transition to arches pro and there's a ton of resources directly on the esri site on migrating and recorded sessions from UC and stuff and how to move your stuff, things you need to know, right? And there's, yeah, there's a lot of documentation in this, this area. And <clears throat> for a lot of people, it just comes to comfort. You know, they need to come into the office every day and do their work or, or sit down at their desk at home or wherever they're doing their work and just move on and get their tasks done. And moving to a new you know, application has some changes. Uh, we we refer to that a lot as, you know, you need to break that muscle memory uh, <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. And if you try, what we have found is that if you try to mix those workflows, it gets actually even more confusing. 
um, but a few days in pro and you'll be able to move over fully. Uh, there's a lot of familiar paradigms. We had a, a bit of a, a slogan when we were working on ArcGIS Pro, change is bad unless it's great. Like we didn't want to really overhaul the whole uh, user interface if we weren't making significant improvements for the users because we want to keep familiarity with the GIS concepts they're, they're aware of. Now, at the same time, we wanted to fix some issues that we were not able to solve in the ArcMap framework. So there are some differences where that, where that comes across. Um, but a lot of the paradigms are, are very, very similar. Awesome. Now, are there any uh, cool features coming to Pro in next release that you could talk about at all? But we're on three <laughs> one right now, right? Three twos coming out around the corner, I guess. We're yeah, we're in our last dev iteration of three two right now, um, and we've we've done quite a few demos in road ahead sessions at uh, Developer Summit and um, the the user conference we just had. So I I'll, I can talk about a few of the things, some of those things we showed there. Uh, one item I worked on, tying back to the arcade discussion, is we're working on exposing an API in the Pro SDK um, for .NET for arcade. So folks who want to incorporate arcade into their own add-ins or their own customizations of ArcGIS Pro will be able to do that. Uh, that's, that's really exciting. Um, we've had a lot of requests for that. You know, we are incorporating Arcade in more and more places in our own applications. Um, so it makes sense that anybody who's building a customization for ArcGIS Pro would want to do that. To add a, a little bit of scripting behavior, you know, usually those things end up being schema specific or, or something for the data that's being used. So uh, developers will be able to do that with the, the API addition there. Nice. Because that's something they could do with the... Um... Uh, Python 2 right now, right? With the .NET API, they can execute Python code where there's like a something to call that, right? Yeah, I, I haven't done that specifically in my own code, but generally you can execute um, geoprocessing tasks and, and that's, a, that's a core way to integrate a lot of the um, behavior of ArcGIS Pro that's only expressed in the geoprocessing world. And, and that can include Python. Nice. Are there any updates to note coming to other than the arcade stuff for the API coming to the .NET API for Pro? Um, ooh, lots of little enhancements all over the place. Um, I haven't worked on anything major myself, so I don't know the full breadth of that. But you know, we moved to .NET six at the three point zero release of of ArcGIS Pro. And that's been exciting because that's moving to like the next generation of, of .NET. And um, that world is, is really growing um, quite a bit. And we've been excited about it. I guess that's one important thing people should know too. If they've worked on like ArcMap add-ins in the past, the Pro SDK stuff is, is not Arc objects, right? It's not like the old like uh, workspace factory and stuff like that. It's a good, new APIs they can work with. Actually, a little bit easier probably to work with. I haven't done it myself, but I've seen uh, a lot of the sessions and stuff like that and talked to a couple of those folks that do the .NET uh, SDK bits. And it actually looks like it's actually easier to work on than probably the old Arc Objects stuff was. Yeah, if, if you did Arc Objects development in ArcMap, you know, in .NET, it was like COM exposed 
to .NET. And um, that's, I mean, that is definitely doable and, and workable, but it doesn't feel .NET native. Um, it doesn't feel like components that were designed for .NET because they're really COM components that are just happen to be accessible in, in .NET. Whereas in Pro, we've designed the API in .NET from the, from the start with .NET workflows in mind. And um, the other thing to keep in mind is that it's no longer a single-threaded application. Pro's a multi-threaded application, so you have to pay attention to, to threading and, and certain, um, certain items have to be wrapped in a task and, and executed according to the, to the threading framework. Uh, but we've designed the API with purpose uh, in .NET for you know, the workflows that we know our users want to achieve. And we, we also follow um, semantic versioning for ArcGIS Pro. So uh, if you're not familiar with that, that's the, the three sort of number release, major, minor, patch. And we're at 3.1 right now. So that means the major version is three, the minor version is one. And then if we do patches, those are just bug fixes. So 3.1.1, 3.1.2, et cetera. But at each, break, each major release, we can make breaking changes to the API is what, what that means. Now we don't make breaking changes lightly. What we do is we make breaking changes to solve issues um, with our APIs. So at the 3.0 release, we made breaking changes. A lot of them were done to fix um, structural or performance issues that we saw, but we also streamlined some APIs based on feedback from, from customers. And we made some changes to the APIs to allow for better testing for third-party developers too. So in cases where people wanna inject mocks into their, their testing workflows, uh, we moved to approaches that are a bit more interface-based in some of those scenarios so that they could do their own custom implementations. Oh, that's cool. That's, I, as a dev, I would really appreciate that, <laughs> to integrate that stuff in my, my workflows. That's cool. All right, Craig, so I want, I want to appreciate your time, but before I let you go, you got any cool tips and tricks for people that might be listening? doesn't even have to be a dev relay at all. Anything you want to drop out there? <laughs> oh, uh, I... <sighs> I just say like don't don't be afraid to go like deep in one specific area with your knowledge. I, I see I think in today's day and age where we have a lot of trends and short attention spans, we see folks who are jumping from technology to technology to technology. I saw a meme today that said, Oh wow, it's amazing that folks have moved from being experts in large language models to experts in room room temperature semiconductors, you know, <laughs> as we've moved through the news cycle and people are interested in the next shiny thing. Sometimes, you know, I know with my own work, I just have to kind of put my blinders on and focus on what I'm doing and, and go really deep and get it done. And um, don't be afraid to do that and, and let some fads go go by. If they really stick, then they'll uh, they'll be there when you're done with your your current tasks. That's always good advice. <laughs> awesome, Craig. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to The Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.